Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much. And who are, we, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. Good morning and welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. This is Tom Richardson, your host. It is May the 29th. It is the year 2023 and this is the day that the United States, if you're listening in other parts of the world, we pray that you are, celebrates what we call Memorial Day. Memorial Day, I don't want to go into the whole history of it, uh, but it, it goes back to around the Civil War era of our nation where around 600,000 men gave their lives for either the North or the South in a bloody, bloody war that, uh, should have never happened, but it did. And the, uh, powers that be decided to have a, a day set aside and it started out like May 5th and they moved it to the end of the month. Thankfully, cause it's, the weather starts getting better, right? Good day to barbecue. But anyway, we think about the men who gave their lives for this nation and for others, really, when you think about it. We've gone to war in places that uh, have names that are hard to pronounce, 
and we've sent our, our young men and some of the older ones to die. And that's the day that we remember today. And to not disparage the, the lives and deaths of anyone who was sent or went willingly, we tip our hat to our fallen brethren. You know, let's, let's go a little deeper than that. There's another war that's been going on for 6,000 years. It's the war between good and evil, God and Satan, whatever, uh, man's will and God's will. We've fought this fight all of our known existence. There have been good men who stood up throughout all those many years, most of them castigated, most of them killed for their beliefs because they dared to stand against man's will by doing God's will. God's will comes in a lot of different flavors, and we, don't, we won't get into that today. This is a very simple and short message that I want to leave with you today. There's a, I want to do like an update of what I have in my mind for doing it in, in future programs. I've got a lot of stuff that the, the Lord's been dealing with me on. And, you know, there are people who say, well, how do you know that the Lord's dealing with you? It could be just your own imagination. Listen to me. When you, when you start to, you know, I have, I have some friends that I like to listen to that I believe are good, godly men who are tuned in and the Holy Spirit works in them, that when there's something I'm studying and then all of a sudden they come along and they say, hey, turn to, you know, whatever, Jeremiah, one guy's doing Jeremiah chapter 2. I touched on that uh, the other day, I think, in another era or another arena that I teach and preach in. And it, it just struck me, it, wow, you know, we're kind of on the same key here, you know, certain verses in that where, you know, the people turn their hearts against God. And that led me to uh, a study on backsliding because we, we poo-poo it. You know, well, he's a backslider. He's still saved. He's still, he'll just miss out on some rewards. I don't believe that. And as I've studied it more, now I'm not saying, you know what? It's not up to me to determine eternity for anyone. But listen to me. You know, when we look at the examples, and Paul wrote about examples that were in the Old Testament, we look at the examples in our New Testament scriptures. We see men who gave up everything to follow Christ. From the very beginning, he said, uh, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. They left their business. This is how they paid and fed and, and paid their taxes, was fishing. And he said, I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you men who can, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit and God, capture the souls of men. Something is so much more important than this temporal life. These are the kind of men that we look up to. And we know that they had failings and and foibles and all that they've stumbled and fell. Peter denied. 
the 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 the, uh, the rest of the disciples were in fear one of them betrayed paul was a murderer of the early church and became a prolific writer of the new testament never to look back again there's a song i was listening to i'm not gonna play it uh, it's 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 an oldie but it says i've come too far to turn back again have you come that far in your christian walk that you can't turn back again that you that god is dealing with you in such a manner that backsliding is not even an option now sinning will happen we can't help that it's just part of our unbelievable manly nature or human nature to do things say things be involved in things along the way that we shouldn't and we know it we do it anyway but you know that's not actually backsliding unless you allow it to overtake you and it's easy for that to happen the spirit that rolls through our churches we have to be very careful about we have to listen do not depend on me as a preacher teacher podcaster whatever to be the be all end all i told a friend of mine yesterday as we we talked before our evening service in our church that i attend me and my wife and he he said something about well you know you know you know the bible pretty well and i I, you know i i don't (laughs) i i i uh i know it well enough and i told him i says listen the thing that we need to do and i've done since i became aware of it is like they did in paul's day of preaching i believe you'll find it in acts chapter 17 where it says the bereans were more noble than those others in Thessalonica for they took what Paul said and they went back and they searched the scriptures to see if what he said was true. That's what we, you know, when, and and I I gave him, we were just, we're just having a conversation, a good one. See, these are the kind of conversations we should have at the church house is something that relates to what we're getting ready to do or what we have just done either before the service, you know, we're prepping ourselves through prayer or just, you know, having a conversation about biblical things, Christian things, or, you know, after the service say, you know, not that you need to blow up the guy who was up there preaching, but just say, wow, you know, he's giving me some things to think about. And then you, you can have those little congregants afterwards where you say, Hey, what do you think of that? Was he way off course or what? Or did you did he touch a chord with you? That that kind of thing. Well, you know that very seldom does that happen anymore. Very seldom do we see this gathering of the troops after a service uh, to even discuss the service or or to you know say well what do you think of this preacher or what do you think of that deacon you know what do you think we should do about this or that or the other thing? You know, we, we always come back to the temporal things of life. Hey, where are you going for lunch? Where are you going for dinner? You know, what, what can I do for you this week? What, you know, it's a big congregation and you end up with these little cliques of people, you know, the outsiders, the insiders, the in-laws, the outlaws, you know, that, 
you know, there and and nobody can it, it permeate those little groups. And that's sad. It should not be this way. But, you know, it all depends on the size of your church. There's a lot of churches out there that are huge. You know, there's no time to get together and, and mull around and try to decipher things, discuss things, be in fellowship together. You know, Memorial Day again. What is it about? It's about loss. It's about death. It's about people who have lost their lives. Fighting for what they believed was the freedom of a country that, that, that was worthy of their ultimate sacrifice. Some men go off to war and they actually come back home. Changed forever due to the th- horrors that they've seen or maybe wounded to a point where their lives are different. Some wounds are very easy to see, loss of limbs, loss of uh, motor function or other things, and then there's the ones you don't see, which is that mental torment that takes maybe decades to get over. Some men succumb to it. And women, sorry. But folks, these are, these are people that we do owe something to, a debt of gratitude for what they've done. I've, I've had uh, many veterans in my family. Uh, fortunately, most of ours came back. World War II had granddad uh, on my mom's side. He was a step, her stepdad, but we, he was very much the part of the family. You know, he wasn't an outsider because of steppageness. He was a good Christian man. World War II, injured, came back, never looked back. He didn't even want to talk about it. Had an uncle lived to be 102 years old. World War II, Battle of the Balls, served under Patton. He'd talk about certain things. You know, he was always kind of proud of his serving under Patton and actually ran past him somewhere along the way. You know, so, you know, General Patton was a well-known and colorful character of World War II and won. So, you know, I know I've, I've known some men who have faced the lion of war. And we, we owe them that gratitude. Not only us, but everybody else that, that gained freedom or at least a modicum of freedom because of their sacrifices. But I'll tell you right now, the, the one that we should remember, not just on May 28th, 2023, but every day. Every day that you can look back and say, Jesus became real to me at some time in the past. For me, it's nearly 35 years ago. And I, 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 I'll tell you what, in that 35 years, I did my backslide and I did my stupidity. I got, you know, but God always had a hold of me. 
when I ended up in the pig pen, that's when he brought me back. Reminded me. I don't know how. Because it's like, you know, I was far away, but I could still remember those days of plenty in the house of the Father. And that pulled me back. I don't want to go into my whole thing about the prodigal son. I don't really think it's all about me. I just feel like it's all about any of us who have stepped out on our own thinking we had it all figured out and found out we did not. But let me say this. Don't let yourself get to that point. I know that sometimes in the church, the modern evangelical supposed church, there are things that go on because, you know, men or humans seem to be the ones that are at the controls. There's no fasting and they, oh, we pray now we're praying for this and we're praying for that and praying for the other. But, you know, is there a real abundance of that? Or is it just that typical, you know, wretchedness that goes with modern-day praying of give you five minutes, God, then i got to get back to the world. Give you more another five minutes because I'm doing it in front of folk. The, the men that I like to listen to, uh, Ravenhill, you've heard me talk about Leonard Ravenhill, uh, David Langford, David Wilkerson. You know, these aren't, these aren't Baptists. These aren't Methodists. These are just men of God. And they all resonate with, with one particular thing that they say. I, they, they tell you that they can, they can see what works in a man's ministry through his prayer life. God will add to the church as he sees fit. If that church is in prayer, real, honest, knee-bending prayer, bowing before a holy God, asking for things to be really in God's will and not ours, not looking backwards, but constantly moving in forward motion with God, God will add to that church. But when they get stagnant and stop and drop the anchor, I've seen this happen. I'm talking to you from a a seat of um, experience. When a preacher gets too busy with busyness, not the busyness of God or the business of God, but just the busyness of life. That church suffers for it. They don't get the fresh word that every preacher should be bringing to his flock that God has entrusted him to. I've seen men removed from churches that they built with some with their own bare hands. Of course, you have to have contractors that come in and do the hard work, the raising of buildings. But I, I know one fellow that, that drove the skip loader and 
dug dirt and you know leveled ground and all that to save money, which is a frugal and good thing, a worthy thing. Fi- on fire for God, you know, praying every step and had good solid men around him to hold him up, and then he ended up very badly because he fell into that trap that is so easy for people. I'm too busy with the things around me in the world. I'm not saying he was lost or he backslid, but he was being a little bit deceptive because all his messages were not his anymore. They were coming from internet sources where you could you can go buy a sermon. So then you can say it's yours. Download it and just read it to people. And it sounds like you're like, oh man, this guy's fluent. You have men today that are that are just rehashing their own messages. They aren't really writing anything new, but you know they they do the the do, do the tour of an evangelist. An evangelist has a very specific job to do. His job is to win souls and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they sound extremely fluent. Man, he really laid that message. I mean, how that guy, you know, the Holy Ghost is all over that. It probably is. But they also have that talent because that message may have been preached in five or six or eight, ten different places, which makes them look so much more impressive and shiny than the pulpit pounder that's there every Sunday who's actually writing new messages during the week and bringing them to his flock. When you take a message and you do it over and over, it's like any speech class. You know, you practice, practice, practice. And as you do it, you know, every every time you do it, it's practicing again. And, you know, yeah, the, the Holy Ghost will help you add more to it as you go. But the thing of it is, is it's not really new, is it? And after a while, even to yourself, it starts to seem blasé. Not so shiny anymore. That's not what we're called to do as preachers, teachers, men of God. We're, we're to seek out new revelatory things through the word of God. All of the word of God. There is no, oh, you're reading other people's mail like some foolish people do when they encounter things like Matthew 24, the sermon, I'm sorry, the uh, Olivet Discourse, which is also in Mark 13, Luke 21, where Jesus lays out the things that were to come before the second coming. Second Thessalonians in, in certain pre-tribulational churches never gets touched on, or if it does, it's done so horribly wrong. We will look at some of these things as well in the coming days. I say that a lot, and then I I get sideswiped into doing something else. But these are definitely things that I have my buddy Mike. We want to get together one of these days and touch on some of this stuff. And we haven't had an opportunity to do so. He's either busy or I am. We will. Revelation. 
people tell you that's not for the, that's not for us today that's not for the church that's not for the modern church that's that's other people's mail you're reading other people's mail don't even worry about it don't even read it i've heard preachers say that and it shocks me you wonder where did they come up with this who taught them this ridiculous idea We see a lot of things going on in our churches that ought not be. Uh, this is another thing that me and my, my partner, Mike, there would discuss often. And it's it's brought up in the the books of the kings. You know, you first king, the second king, you hear about a woman by the name of Jezebel. What's so specific about this Jezebel woman? She was a person who actually existed, married to one of the worst kings in the history of of Israel, a guy by the name Ahab. She basically ran things. He He was in her shadow, even though he's the king. She kind of took over because she was a strong-willed, you know, Philistine or whatever. She wrecked him. She wrecked herself, too. She was a Zidonian that served Baal and worshipped him. She was a killer of prophets, true prophets, and a and a raiser up of false ones. Why do I bring her up? Because the Lord leads you in the places where you just don't have any clue sometimes. And here's the one, 2.20. Revelations 2, 2, verse 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against these, talking to one of the churches of the uh, seven churches. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and eat things sacrificed to idols. Are you kidding me? Tom, what are you talking about? How can that be going on? There's nobody doing that, is there? The church of Thyatira, these things were happening. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and patience and works and the last to be more than the first, notwithstanding. All those good things that God could see. He saw this woman, Jezebel. It's a spirit of it. Or there could have actually been another Jezebel. Anybody that would allow a woman named Jezebel or most of the Jewish folks back in those days, they wouldn't even name, they wouldn't name their daughter Jezebel after the, the queen Jezebel. I don't know too many people to this day that would name their kid Jezebel. It's just not a good name. She seduces the servants, you know, has that way with, you know, now listen, this is the way, you know, it's, I got a soft and calm and easy and, you know, the next thing you know, they're committing fornication, with not with each other necessarily. But listen to me. When people, when you have preachers 
that I heard a guy say this, and I, 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 it shocked me to hear it the way it's put, but it makes sense. It's true that these guys are committing fornication with you in spirit. They're twisting scriptures to their own destruction, but they take others with them. Listen, though, this is the heart of God. Revelation 2 and 21, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. God is going to always give a person room. He says it very plainly. Hath no temptation overtaken you that God does not give you a way of escape. You can't blame God for your falling. You can't blame God with your failing. Now, if, you, if you're going down a wrong path and you fail, God has let you do it. Revelation 2, 23, and I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he, capital H, which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Now there's people in Thyatira that did not fall for this doctrine that Jezebel or her spirit brought in. And Jesus says, I will not put upon you any other burden, none other burden, but that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him I give power over nations. When that spirit of Jezebel enters into a church, that church is in trouble. I've seen that happen too. Where the pastor, the preacher, whatever they want to call themselves, minister, reverend, has allowed a group of powerful women in that church. Because men, it's not that we submit ourselves down or or what, but you know, as men, we, we fight men. I mean, that's again, it's Memorial day, so we can go that route. We fight other men. We go tooth, nail and claw. You know, we will fight to protect our family, our mothers, our, our sisters, our daughters, our wives. We will do what we can, but when it comes to that, we don't want to. We don't want to tweak them, mainly because a lot of times they're the ones that cook your food. You don't want to. You don't want to know what could get in there. I'm kidding. But we 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 have a tendency. You know, we'll go toe to toe with the preacher, the pastor, the reverend, the whatever. If we find him overstepping. 
it takes a while sometimes because they can be intimidating. They have loud, booming voices, and people listen to them. And, you know, when you're that one guy, you're like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. You stand against one, stands against all. But when it comes to the ladies, we don't we don't want to raise our voice. We don't want to get anybody mad and we don't want to hurt feelings and we don't want to see tears and it goes on and on. So we let things happen. We sit back and say, Well, you know. And when that Jezebel spirit gets in there, she's not easy to get rid of. And I've seen, I, you, you, you all, you, anybody that's been in church any particular amount of time knows that, you know, women, you know, uh, compared to men are more organized. They're more, uh, they, they, they like to get it all check, 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 check. Guys, we, we, we try to do that. We try to do the best we can, but we flow from one thing to the other. You know, don't let yourself, you know, I know some guys are overly, uh, uh, detail oriented, you know, but I'm not. If it doesn't go just right, well, let's make a right turn and see if we can get this thing back on track. It'll work out. But, you know, the ladies like things, we go by the recipe. I don't go by recipes. My wife says, did you look at a recipe? I said, absolutely not. I'm not looking at a recipe. We don't read the instructions before we try to put the lawnmower together and we end up with the blades upside down and the motor not running and, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> so then we get the book out and say, oh, that's what I was supposed to do. That's a, that's a sermon for another day, isn't it? But, folks, I say all that to say this. We are in the last days. We are looking forward to a very desperate time in what we would call modern Christianity, I believe. We are on the cusp of something big. And I don't want any of us to be caught offside, or I'm sorry, caught off guard or sideswiped, however you want to put that. We, we, we need to stay alert. We need to stay focused. We need to stay in the game. So, like I say, today's Memorial Day. Enjoy it with your family. Cook some hot dogs, hamburgers, go to a parade, whatever you do. But always remember that God is first and foremost in your life. That's where you got to keep him. Remember that it was Jesus' blood that saved you from being a lost sinner bound for hell. You know, all, all the... All the many thousands and hundreds of thousands of men whose lives have been taken over the many years in wars that we remember today. And like I say, I do not besmirch their memory. These men are important to our, our past. But there's only one king that literally went to his death so that you can have true freedom from sin, from the death, the grave, and hell. He took the 
pains of death away. It's Acts chapter 2. Read Peter's sermon, Acts chapter 2. There's a lot there. Understand that people gave up everything to follow Christ. We need to figure out how to do that as well. Till the next time, and it'll be soon, I, I pray. This is Tom Richardson on Memorial Day of 2023, May 28th. Have a great day. Have a great week. Enjoy today. Take it easy. Kick your feet up for a minute and get right back to work. Now I'm a child with a heavenly home. Yeah, yeah. Take it now. My holy father, well, he's made me.